The Sports Career Podcast, episode 224, How to Achieve Self-Mastery in Business. Hello Sports Achiever and thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Sports Crib Podcast. I'm your host Ed Bowers. As always, my goal each week is to provide you a special guest who can enhance your career development with regards to your needs of where you want to progress with your career aspirations. Particularly if you have an interest in pursuing a career in business, I really do hope that this episode can serve you with regards to your interests and needs. Now, getting back to today's show, this week's special guest is Phil Jones, MBE. Phil is a keynote speaker and the managing director at Brother UK, where he has over 25 years of experience working at the company. For that reason, he has a very good understanding about business. For example, he has worked in all aspects with regards to Brother UK, working in sales strategy, customer support, marketing, logistics, annual budgeting, and even in sponsorship. For that reason, it's such a pleasure to have Phil as a special guest on the show, and that's when today's episode, Phil will share his business career journey and explain why self-mastery is so important when pursuing a career in business. Phil, it's such a pleasure to have you on the podcast show. Please share to the listeners your career journey. When did it all start? Right, well, I left college in 1988, believe it or not, and uh, I had no concept, whatever, that I was going to end up in a business environment. I actually went off into the pub trade, as it happens, Ed, and uh, did three or four years in in pubs. And um, I guess uh, I was in a particular pub in the east end of London where um, it was pretty much like being on the set of a gangster movie. And um, I think it was um, one particular morning after the pub had been set on fire that I uh, determined that morning I needed a career change. And I, I went to the Tottenham Court Road in London. I walked into a recruiter. I just said, what can I do? And they said, have you ever thought about a career in sales? Because a job has just come in. And I literally went to interview for that job as a trainee salesperson. And I got it. And, and that's what started me in business. Just quickly going back in time, when you had that experience in the pubs, I know a lot of students, include myself, I worked in a restaurant being a, a waiter. And I know students work at bars. Out of interest, this is just intrigued, how has working in a pub supported you in that first job in sales looking back i had great empathy because of course you you would talk with all people from all walks of life and uh, old young uh, professional you know work working man whatever it might be and i think you just found a, a natural empathy building on how to build uh, common ground with people quickly and that has always served me well in my life and my career and that's perhaps something we're going to get onto. Absolutely just painting the picture now you've just got your first job in sales could you just paint the picture of your career with regards to where you are now? Sure well I, I obviously I started the trainee in sales and then I became qualified as a salesperson uh, in b2b sales really so I would be selling uh, you know products initially for, uh, like photocopiers to uh, people that would use them but Latter in my latter days, I joined Brother in 1994. Actually, um, basically selling 
uh, our brother products to the dealer trade at that time. So again, the sort of B2B sector. Uh, that was in 1994, and, and I, eventually I just worked my way through the ladder at Brother UK. I was a, appointed uh, sales director eventually. Uh, I made it to sales director, then I made it to sales and marketing director. Then I was appointed to the board as sales and marketing director, then deputy managing director, and I eventually made it to become managing director in 2013. So, um, you know, I've had a, a long career with one employer, but I guess I'm one of those rare people that have actually completely climbed the career ladder from the bottom to ultimately walk into a company one day and be running the place, which uh, was really a most fantastic day in my life when that happened. Reflecting now, what have you learned from those 20 plus years working at Brother? All right. Well, that's that's a great question, Ed. But I, I think there's probably a couple of overarching things there is, is that interpersonal skills in business is one i think the greatest things that you can you can really begin to work on because regardless of what your technical uh, ability is your ability to kind of win ideas uh, get people to buy into your ideas to work in teams um, to sell things to other people and build relationships becomes the glue and sort of the lubricant to how well you can do uh, in your career and i think also um, you know, linked to that is communication skills, uh, Ed, the ability to communicate with people. So not only just to be able to empathize and get on with people, but actually then to have great communication skills. And, and it reminds me very much of um, an individual that, that many, many years ago, I found well, I go to a lot of Northern Soul um, events with my wife. And I was sat next to somebody who I'd met a few times and I never realized in her career, she was retired now. She was a female prison officer in a men's prison, one of the first ever. And um, I'm always intrigued to meet people. I still love learning from people. And I said to this individual, what, what was the one thing, I guess, that you learned from your career? Um, and, and she said, and it was the most profound thing. She said, I just learned when I communicate, I always think A, B, C. I'm like, tell me, tell me. Accuracy, brevity, clarity. And I thought, wow, you know, here am I running a large, you know, large, massive corporation. And in, in, in the middle of a working man's club in the Northwest on a Sunday afternoon, from nowhere comes these amazing piece of experience and I just thought that nails it for me so not only work on how you operate in an organization and your empathy but really think about how you communicate as well are you communicating the things that you need accurately with brevity that is as summarized as you possibly can and does that third party have clarity as to your intent in this conversation wow just touching on communication, we're in that theme out of interest. Do you feel now in this modern age of technology, we overcomplicate it with regards to that bit of advice you got from that prison guard? Yes, uh, for sure. You know, in my life now, if you imagine the, um, the shoes of most people, they're very busy, often quite time poor. And certainly when you're leading a large organisation, you, you are more time pressed. And as a result of that, you need people to communicate to you with accuracy, brevity and clarity, because, because you've got limited time effectively to sort of strategically understand so many different components of your organization that finding people who can communicate in that way becomes highly valuable. So obviously now information is becoming very commoditized, isn't it? It is very, there's a lot of it out there. 
what we call volume, variety, and velocity. So really, um, things that stand out for me, articles and people and content is where it really says, you know, what is it it needs to say in very quick ways, which allows me to grasp the key concept being articulated. And just with regards to this last theme of communication, I want to talk about networking because I have learned even the first time when I spoke to you, I always like to share how I got connected with my special guests. And this time I would say in brackets, it was a sort of referral from Alistair McCaw, who's been a special guest on my show, which then we had a great conversation, which led us to here. So with regards to people and communication, how has building a network supported you with regards to your 25 years almost in sales out of interest? Yes, it's been really, really valuable. And I would say an essential component nowadays for anybody you know, looking to build a career. And um, a good uh, a, a chap that I know, and I, again, I've come across, um, is a chap called Andy Laparta. Uh, and Andy is, is probably one of the country's leading uh, relationship strategists. You know, he does nothing but teach people about how to build better networks, how to get referrals, and how to get more from the people that, um, that you do business with. And I remember being in, um, you know, in a, at a talk once that Andy gave, and, and he just said this most marvellous line. It's, um, you know, old dogma was, it's not what you know and who you know. Um, and new dogma is, it's not what you know and who you know, it's who knows you. And I thought, bang, again, another nailed on moment of, you're absolutely right. And this is why um, your network, and then what your network knows about you, and how they can add value to you is the most key component. And obviously therefore having the right network and then making sure that the right content from you goes into that network relative to the things that you want or how you're trying to build your brand or your business is really, really vital. So that's about you know, the selection of the right, um, the right networks to go in. What I would describe as getting into the jet stream so how do you get into the jet stream in order that you're operating as fast, as efficiently with a sort of a massive tailwind that get, gets you to your goals quicker than somebody else? One other thing I want to just quickly mention is, um, you know, one thing I've realized is, is that it's very, very important to really understand in those people around you um, who really are, you know, who's a network, who's an acquaintance. Um, and so I use an acronym that I developed called FANS. So to try and understand who your fan base is. And that really is a hierarchy uh, of relationships. And it starts at the top, you know, true friends and family. They're the unconditional people. Then after that, it's A, acquaintances. Then it's N, network, professional people that you know. And then S, suckers people that you should have out of your life that aren't contributing much and when you really begin to look through the lens of the people that surround you um, quite often really people confuse friends for acquaintances you know suckers for uh, good friends and so what i've found is when you when you begin to sort of demarcate those people around you you can really begin to start to build relationships that matter invest in the right places so network becomes acquaintances which is people that you know more on first name terms so now ed you and i we've moved from just being you know network know you on social media to acquainted we're on first name terms you refer you can refer me i can refer you so we're in that a bit of that kind of uh, of that setup now
Absolutely. I have to say, if you don't mind, when I first communicated to you, it was a very formal, it was dear Mr. Uh, Phil Jones, MBE. Like, just, just for the listeners who are starting their career, as a tip, when you reach out to people who have got established careers, go so formal as high as you can. And then in time, the relationship will build. I hope you don't mind me sharing my side of the networking for somebody who's just starting a career. Before we talk about today's topic now, because we talked about communication, we've talked about network, we are soon going to be talking about self-mastery. I would just like to touch on really quickly on sales. I think it's a really good point to, to highlight because I know a lot of people don't want to start the career in sales because it's there's a fear factor, there's the nerves. How do you define sales with regards to pursuing a career in it and also as a, as a word of transaction of business? Wow, that's a, that's a really big question. Um, you know, for, for me, uh, sales is simply about building great relationships. Um, building great relationships will get you everywhere in your life, in my experience. So whether that be professionally or personally. And I guess in sales, all you're simply doing is marrying you know, a, a product with a need. And your job is simply to uncover a need and then make sure that but through, through great listening, primarily, that you then match your product with a need. And uh, what I found is I never, ever thought I would be in sales ed, ever. Um, you know, I just didn't, you know, you, you always, there's this wrong, wrong perception. You've got to have the gift of the gab. You've got to be a bit of a wheeler dealer. You know, you sort of got to open your jacket and have a few things inside it, you know, step outside and a bit sort of, you know, Dell and Rodney-like of, um, of Only Fools and Horses. And it's kind of like, that is totally not, not what sales is all about. Sales is an, an amazing profession. And um, it will build a lot of confidence in you in how to develop deep relationships with other people. And why I've enjoyed B2B sales so much is because it's about relationships over time, not just sort of walking into a car showroom, do you want to buy a car, doing the deal, customer leaves, see you again in three or four years. B2B sales is really about building relationships which, which exist every single day for years so you really get to know people and it's that side of it where I think I found my natural home so if you find value from having deeper relationships with people then b2b selling is a really a fantastic career choice in my opinion this leads really well to a conversation now how important is self-mastery when pursuing a career in general not just business Yes. Yeah, so when we began to talk initially, Ed, what I talked to you uh, about was, was that often when I'm asked to go back and maybe, you know, I'm getting a bit older now, of course, you know, I'm, um, they call me an industry veteran now, Ed, so that can only mean that it's only, I'm only years away from being put in a box and, you know, sent somewhere to sort of spend my days. Um, but the reality is when I get like, look back and I try and simplify, um, advice down to people because you know you could read you know i've read hundreds of business books leadership books and everything but let me give you my abc version of um advice for you to get on in your life and your career and it's simply um pursue mastery and what do i mean by that what i mean is um pursue mastery of your subject matter i.e your chosen career or discipline and what i mean by that is technical skills, experience, problem solving, working in teams, communication skills, digital skills, leadership skills, skills, competencies, all that area. Really work to continually build your skills. Then at the same time, work on 
mastery of self. And what do I mean by mastery of self? Self-awareness, your vision, mission, values and purpose, your character, your emotional regulation, resiliency, behaviour, attitude, traits, self-worth, metacognition. And what we mean by that is, is effectively how I have awareness of understanding my own thoughts. So if you plug those two things together and then you find a way where you apply those in the right environment, whether that be a corporate environment, an entrepreneurial environment or your personal environment, and you continue to have what we describe as situational awareness at all times, then I believe that flywheel, the more you begin to develop it, is ultimately the route to success. Where's the first step to start? Is it the self-mastery or is it the mastery of your skill component? Just for the listeners listening, because what you said is like the big picture. I like to simplify it again. Where's the best place to start out of interest with regards to pursuit mastery? Yes. For me, initially, if you're career orientated, clearly you're going to have to start to build skills first. Build some skills so that, that there's, there's a product in you that somebody effect, effectively might think they want to buy. Now, um, you know, when, when we're recruiting nowadays, of course, um, attitude is really, really key. Attitude is very, very important. So, so coming with the right attitude, you know, we can give you skills. So attitude is vitally important. But if someone comes with attitude and skills, that that really actually does help quite a lot. So, for example, if I need you in my digital team, um, uh, which is often quite complex in sort of understanding digital landscapes, if you have no skills, it's going to take us a while to build those skills. But if you have skills and you have the attitude, then like brilliant, you're already one up in the ladder. Now, the mastery of self, I think that begins to come with maturity and, and as you grow older. So if I asked my 21 year old self, you know, about pursuing self mastery, I think I'd probably struggle to actually even understand that concept. But I guess as I got older and I've begun to realize how human relationships work, what, what values mean when you're trying to make decisions for your own life and, and about life direction, career choices, all those things, then you're going to see it really come into view probably more towards your late 20s and certainly as you come into your 30s you are really going to have start having a lot more positive inquiry now i've realized that actually i've met some 21 year olds that are already there and the reason they're already there because they've normally had a life impacting experience of some kind uh, that is they've had to deal with perhaps a health scare in their own life um, you know, dealing with cancer as a 15 year old, 16 year old suddenly gives you this, whoa, you grow up very, very quickly. Um, or, for example, they may have been um, just spent a lot of their time around older people. And so they just sort of naturally come into this sort of more, you know, they say about an old head on young shoulders. So, so it's not like it, it, the younger generation don't have this ability i just think that maybe some have a greater propensity towards it younger in the, uh, and earlier in their career but if you're going to develop it then probably you'll find yourself in a workplace beginning to to develop it um, with age just on that point we had a fantastic our first conversation we had a great discussion about values and you even tested me of how i'm developing and how values and you've mentioned it briefly but for people who are at that mid-20 stage 
how have value supported you in your career looking back now? So from your first job in sales at Brother Light when you started to where you are now, how has values had an influence or an impact on the journey? Yes, I think values um, begin to not only uh, determine who you are, but who you are not by default. So if you imagine it this way, I want you to think about values um, as a set of traffic lights. So, you know, red is your no compromise issues in your life. Green is the things you absolutely, you know, you totally agree uh, with about life. Um, so if asked the question and it's a green light, you know, what's your view about? And it's like, well, I'm always here on this one. I never move. This is who I am. Then that is a very, very clear value. But in the middle of that sort of lies principles in my experience. So you've got your red immovables, your greens, which is absolutely the things you, uh, you, you know, you're, you're prepared to die on a hill on. And in the middle are the bits, which are the general principles about how you want to run things. But you're fairly open uh, to sort of come either side of them. So I think the point is this then is that suddenly by knowing what you are not. You begin to have better clarity on what you are and therefore. When, when faced with any situation, professionally or personally, you can decide things very, very quickly by naturally you know, coming back to who am I as, I, as a person and where do I actually sit uh, with regards to this issue? Well, I hope the listeners are enjoying this conversation. Phil, I'd like to just pivot the conversation a little bit with us to sponsorship. I've had different sponsorship experts on the show and I'm really intrigued as Brother as a Brand in why sponsorship is a method with regards to sports sponsorship in cycling i'd love your viewpoints of the do's and don'ts in sponsorship related to your experience in this area of the work you do okay so let me come from it really i guess as a, a buyer of sponsorship you know i, I go out and, I, and we've had sponsorships in formula one in uh, premier league football with manchester city um, and uh, now actually in professional elite road cycling in the uk and of course um what that means is I've got probably a couple of decades worth of experience of, of where sponsorships go right, where they go wrong, and how effectively, particularly people who are approaching us for sponsorship, get it wrong more than they get it right. And I think uh, I just want to come back to values for a moment, really, um, about this, because actually one of the first things that I think people get it get wrong is, is they just come knocking at our door saying here, here is a product I need to sell you without actually understanding whether we even it meets our values whether it meets our strategic intent it's just sort of like I'm trying to sell this and you've got money and I just want to try and make it work and it's like that's not sales so for us you know my number one tip is always do your research do your research before approaching anybody on sponsorship to understand what it is they're saying about who they are as a company, what their intent is, and how then you can best marry in an offer. Then you must always make sure it's highly personalized. If you don't personalize proposals, it's highly unlikely you're even going to get seen. Now, why do we do it? Well, we do it because, of course, we talked earlier, Ed, about noisy environments, yeah, and uh, trying to get people's uh, attention time attention and trust are the three things you're trying to build or gather uh, as a brand so what we found nowadays is actually if you invest in an area where somebody in their social time um, is spending time they become 
more invested fundamentally in your brand with a higher propensity to be in what we call the top three box. So they're going to consider you more and then effectively, you know, have a higher propensity to buy. So normally we find um, there's a nearly a two times propensity to buy if somebody has seen our, um, our sponsorships out there, for example. And we sponsored road cycling particularly because we know that the participants in that uh, naturally fall within the target market for people that we're trying to talk to in a day-to-day -day basis um, to bring to brother in our professional life. So although we may have uh, professional sponsorships like the Daily Telegraph, we then have sporting sponsorships so that effectively people are seeing us professionally and personally and then really kind of building that holistic view um, of brother. Oh, yes, I know brother. And absolutely, they would be on my list of my top three books that I was going to buy. So it fulfills a really important role for us in just making sure that we are um, ticking the boxes in all areas, I guess, of our prospective customers uh, landscape. Thank you so much for sharing that. Just getting back to your career now, what have you enjoyed the most from your career journey looking back right now? Oh, gosh. Um, I, I think for me, uh, variety has been amazing. Um, you know, I, I never, when I joined Brother, I never expected to stay this long, right? I, I was like typical sales guy. You know, I'll do two or three years, I'll move on and try and get a better paid job somewhere else. You know, it's, that's kind of what you want. But what I found was, was that, I landed in a company whereby I loved the challenge. I loved the variety of the work. I really loved the family atmosphere of the place. And I, I just got on with everyone so well. It's such a nice company, the culture. Um, everyone's very supportive. And then, of course, as you become more senior in the company, I got the opportunity to travel. So I've been all over the world, you know, Australia, New Zealand, America, Japan, and, and all of that. So I go, I guess it's the challenge and the variety has frankly kept me in the same place for so long and uh, what I've enjoyed most about my career. Well, let me ask one personal question because uh, I need to highlight this. It's not on your list of questions. Um, how proud of you when you got an uh, MBA with regards to your services for business? Because a lot of people ask me, what is this? And I went, actually, it's quite a high award and they don't get distributed out from you know the royal family. So may I ask, if you don't mind on a personal level, when you got the letter or like just reflecting right now oh yes i can remember the day and time actually because i was working from home that day and i got an email from my uh, my assistant debbie and the subject line was this is the proudest email i'm ever going to send you and there was an attachment and it was the letter from the prime minister and effectively what happens is you get a letter from the prime minister and what it says is look we're, we're intending to put your name forward to the queen um, uh, to potentially, you know, for services for business. And, and pretty much how it works is Ed, you, it's, it's a heads up letter. And it's like, if we're going to offer you it, are you going to accept it? So that's your point where you say yes or no. So some people say no, other people say yes. And, um, it, and, and it was a complete shock to me. Uh, it was a complete shock to me because, um, you know, really, I guess my story is I started with nothing. You know, I, I, I haven't got a university education. Um, you know, I, I, uh, I grew up with a poor family, you know, brought up in a council house and uh, didn't really leave, have anything really. So to sort of suddenly go through a career and suddenly find you then the MD of a company one day and then you get this letter. Um, it, it was more than anything. Um, I, I was more excited that I'd be able to take my mum to the palace. 
because my mum's in her seventies, you know, and and she's of that generation who are really into the Queen and the royal family. And uh, you know, I rung my mum up and said, "Look, mum, I'm getting this MBE, and uh, it's going to mean we can all go to the palace and um, and have a really lovely day, etc." And um, and and so we did. And so I, I probably it, the great sense of pride for me was more about giving, you know, making my mum proud. That was probably one of the big things for me. Um, and and it, it felt it does feel a bit awkward and a bit clunky because people, different people, view it in different ways. Um, Ed, of course, they do. Um, but for many people, when they see it, they go, well, what is it you did? And, and I guess it, all it simply is, is just um, maybe recognising the journey um, that I've been on it and maybe that I, I'm always trying to assist others. That's really my personal purpose is how do I um, continue to work to grow the potential of other people? So I've always tried to give back as much as possible, whether it be apprenticeship programmes or by coming on podcasts like this to, to basically share lessons you know, I really want everyone to try and fulfill their true life's potential. Well, Phil, I'm grateful for you coming on the show. And I feel like we're at a great stage of the interview where I'd like to finish with an inspirational question. Now, you've said bags of advice from networking, communication, uh, the right way with regards to our personal values. Out of interest, what three tips would you give to the listeners right now who really want to start their career in business? What would those three tips be? And if possible, it's like those get started and tips so they get started literally after listening to this podcast okay right so i I just want to say three things um aptitude attitude will bring you altitude what do i mean aptitude is actually we talked about skills so determine what it is you think you want to be and if it were me i would very quickly begin to start uh, gathering the expertise whether it be books podcasts people on social media, clubhouse chats, TED talks, um, you know, the right pot, uh, the right blogs. And I would begin to fill up my volume, you know, fill up my cup with knowledge about that specific subject matter area as quickly as I can. That's what I would firstly do. And it's surprisingly quick how you can build expertise, understand vernacular, that is the language of a specific sector, because every sector's got its own what we call vernacular, words, acronyms, all of those sorts of things. Get your head in the game, begin to learn it. That's what aptitude's about. Attitude, um, begin to learn about yourself. How do you work? Ask people for feedback about you. That's quite tough. Um, Ask for it to be done in a nice way, you know, what is it you think that I could further do to sort of, you know, to be a great mate to you? Um, what things do you think I could do in order to um, listen more? Um, so basically ask feedback of people. And, and it's very difficult sometimes when you get feedback to not personalise it because it's easy to feel offended. But if you really want to grow, growth happens at, at the perimeter of, of where you are today. And you've got to nudge out of that perimeter and you've got to feel a little comfortable with being uncomfortable with some of this feedback that people are going to give you. But I can tell you now that some of the greatest, um, most helpful feedback I've been, I've had in my whole career has been some of the most uncomfortable. It's taken me to the places I needed to go. So be prepared for that. And then the altitude is actually when you begin to marry those things together, that is uh, developing skills, uh, developing your awareness and then now building your network okay so we've talked about this so what does your profile say about you today so if i was to go and look you up on linkedin 
on Instagram, you know, Facebook, Twitter. When I look at you, is that telling me what you're about and telling me clearly the message of your intent? So review everything to do about your professional image, get the right photo, the right biography, and start writing content about the thing that you're passionate about in order that you can start to build that sectorial reputation for what it is and what you're doing. A bit like you're doing with this uh, podcast, Ed. Wow, thank you. Like, thank you so much for those three tips. I think they're so important and they're applicable. Out of interest, Phil, how can people interact with you on social media? Okay, well, probably the three areas. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn, uh, Phil Jones. Um, you, you'll find me straight away there. Uh, Instagram, I have a professional uh, Instagram account, uh, Life in the Chair, where I just talk about sharing bits of knowledge and the realities of actually sitting in, a, in the seat of a large corporate. And uh, also on Twitter, at PhilJones40. That is great to all the listeners listening in. All those links will be on my website relating to this blog post. Phil, it's been such a pleasure chatting with you today. Thank you very much. A pleasure. Wow, what a fascinating and really interesting conversation with Phil. I really do hope you enjoyed that podcast chat. For me, there is so much learning lessons I've taken from it. And I'll have to be honest, I'll probably have to listen to it again to take some more notes because we talked on so many topics in such a short period of time we talked about the power of communication the importance of having a network having the ability to apply self-mastery by those two elements of your subject matter which relates to your skills and also self-mastering yourself with regards to your personal values health and also then we talked about in a way um, the importance of sales which I'm so glad I touched on with Phil because I would say um, we are all salespeople we're all marketers it's just how we do it in a very authentic way but a lot of people fear working in sales because it's uncomfortable but actually what's so important with us to sales which I learned from Phil is matching a product with a need I think that is such a powerful tip if you want to work in sales not just b2b but even b to consumers it's so important to match a product with a need for a company a need for a person to solve a problem so look i really do hope you've enjoyed this podcast chat i'd love to hear your feedback i'd love to hear your thoughts on this podcast and how it's helpful so let me know at edbowers101 on twitter and Please share your biggest takeaway from this podcast. Also, if you really enjoyed this, I would highly appreciate if you can subscribe to the show, leave a review and rating. Because honestly, I know this podcast can have such an impact to people's career development in not just the sports industry, but all areas of business in all different sectors so on that note thank you for taking the time to listen to the show apply phil's knowledge tips put them into practice relating to your career development today and make it happen now as always at the end of each podcast episode i'd like to finish with an inspirational quote from my guest speaker phil said self-mastery is two elements the self-mastery of your subject and the self-mastery of yourself By getting outside your comfort zone, that's where the real growth happens, particularly when you build a reputation in the area you want to specialize in. 